Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the TFA Dino Show going live. We don't do this a lot, but when we get the 14 personnel guys, <laughs> maybe just guys Guy. singular, guys singular, <laughs> last minute scratch on the roster here. Uh, but yeah, we, we've got some guests. Uh, I've been out here for a bit, got the COVID, it took two years, guys, but but the vid finally got me, was out for a week. But uh, hey, we're back. We've got... Uh, I'd say a, a newer draftee to the TFA family. I know we had sure. a, a spring game, or I guess that's baseball, right? You got a preseason yeah. game in with the redraft guys, right? Get your feet wet. But you're a dynasty guy at heart. Is that right, Cal? Yeah, I definitely lean dynasty. It's my my bread and butter and my passion. So I'm excited for tonight. Let's see where we are on these running back rankings. Absolutely. So so Cal joined the TFA fam here pretty recently. He's going to be helping us put out content for everybody here as we get into the meat of, of the offseason in July and August. We're pumping out content. He's going to be uh, right there with us. And then, of course, we got to bring him back after last year's hot takes episode. <laughs> the hot takes maybe – got too hot so we're like hey we gotta switch up the topic man you guys are easier you're scaring us here but yeah we got justin right here with 14 personnel you can find him on twitter at justin underscore 14 p justin you you added a little bit to the resume there you got some dynasty league football on there marco's got some dynasty nerds and some fancy pro you guys are going places yeah we're we're all over the map man i just started uh obviously doing some youtube stuff for dlf uh we've been running the you know, we had just kind of kicked off the YouTube last time we were on here with you guys. So I think we were at 100 subscribers last time on that YouTube coming up on the, you know, 1700 now. So it's been a, it's been a good year. It's been fun, uh, you know, pumped to, to be back. I'm excited. Yeah, man, you guys have been growing like crazy. It's because you're pumping out so much content. I think we were talking pre-show and you guys would be doing over uh, a video a day, right? You know, 10, 12 videos a week. And so uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot. You're in the move now. Right, you're yeah. moving out of this. You call it a studio apartment, but that apartment looks bougie, man. I think you're- <laughs> oh, it's it's a there's a it's a it's a it's the cost of a one bed. I just I got bougie ass taste, and yeah. <laughs> now I'm in a studio because of it. <laughs> gotta get out though. Gotta okay. get out of here. <laughs> so, so we gotta see if we can convince the girlfriend a little bit to look to continue that rate of of production for the fantasy the fantasy degenerates, time. right? <laughs> yeah, let's. That one's up in the air. We'll we'll see how that goes. You know, that's a conversation for that's a conversation for like September. Right. I'll, I'll just spring it on her. Like this is what's happening. Hey, by <laughs> by the way, you know, by the way, hey, I, I didn't mention at the top, but you can find Calvin at Rockets FF on Twitter. 
Uh, he's growing and, and just jumped into the Scott Fishbowl. I don't know if you guys are, are getting a little pumped up for that. I've been starting to kind of check out oh, yeah. the settings. Okay, what, what quarterbacks has at least a 66% completion? Who's losing <laughs> the points? Yeah. Who's gaining the points here? <laughs> I'm diving in. But, uh, yeah, excited about that. But what we're talking about tonight is dynasty running backs and their ADPs. And and while I feel like that just sounds pretty blonde, pr- pretty generic, I think it's an, a super important conversation because – I don't think we've ever had a time where we have so many running backs who are age 26, 27, some are 28, but they're still so relevant to us on a year to year basis. And so it's really juxtaposing, Hey, how do I utilize these guys and get their fancy points? But also I don't get left, you know, at the end of the cliff here. And so I'm curious to see where you guys slot all these older running backs versus the younger ones and, and who's producing now, who's producing later. I think it's going to be a really good conversation. We, we got a shout out here quick. Walido always jumping in the chat for us. Okay, guys, the word is upside. And I, I put this tweet out, like, I think it was last week. And I'm curious if anybody's tried it because I, I think it's really hard. I'm actually very nervous that I'm going to blow it like this first <laughs> this first set of running backs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow it. But let's see if we can do it. Who can go the longest without saying upside? Well, either you can keep in track in the comments for us. But, guys, let's get right into the the meat and potatoes of this. We're kind of just going to go discussion, kind of roundtable. And this first round, I broke it up by DLF's ADP. Uh, I think a lot of people go off of this, um, you know, just shouting out to Justin and his new job, his new gig, right? So the the first running back is obviously Jonathan Taylor. The second is Najee Harris, and he's coming off at the five spot. Christian McCaffrey's coming off in the seventh spot as running back three. Javante coming off at running back four at about the eighth spot, eight overall pick. And then DeAndre Swift right behind him at running back five. And those are the five guys that are going in round one. So, Cal, I'm going to shoot it to you first. Just curious how you view this tier because, again, we're already getting into it, right, where we have a lot of younger guys because, right, we're at the very, very top. So you have a lot of youth. But we have this one guy who hasn't really played a whole lot in the last two years what is he, 26? I think he just turned 26, but he's hanging in this tier. Do you have him kind of slotted right there in the middle? How would you maybe change this around for yourself? Yeah, for me, when I'm looking at these rankings, uh, CMC's way too high. So for me, he's he's more of a round two guy that we would get to later in the show um, because the big thing that's a struggle with CMC is, is he's going to score 20-plus points if he actually plays, right? So there's, there's not the um, – the risk in production, but we've barely seen him on the field for two years. And I think there's some younger options here that are going to see a ton of volume. So for me, CMC in this tier is way too high. I'm moving Swift up there in his place. Yeah. So are you concerned equally about, because because when we say age, we, we're at the point where we think 26 is old. I feel yeah. like this is, you know, we're entering a weird yeah. time in dynasty where we're like worried about 26, but uh, the, the injuries kind of weighing into that just as much as the, the getting to be older. For sure. And when you look at some of the guys we're going to bring up later that you can get several rounds later for me that uh, still have the age, but maybe not the recent injury risk. I just think there's way too much value with these younger dudes where you can get that extra three or four years out of them and probably see about the same production this year as well. For sure. Justin, are you kind of on that same page with CMC? Uh, we, we all know, anybody who follows Justin knows <laughs> that he's going to have Swift. Swift might be his running back one. I don't know. We're going to find out here tonight. <laughs> let's, pu- let's pump the brakes there. Uh, okay, Swift. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Swift, Swift's up at RB2 for me. But I do think CMC still belongs in the first round. 
And the reason is, I mean, you're going for a very specific type of build. If you take CMC like that, that dictates your draft. You have to go win now. You know, if you're taking a guy like him, you know, Eckler, Barkley, some other guys, we're going to get down the list. But I'm fine doing that if you're going to push the chips in and go for a title. Because like we said, you know, CMC is a walk in 25 points. 70% of his games, you know, from 2018 to 2020 were over 20 points. So, I mean, you're looking at the the ultimate ceiling. So I am very okay grabbing him you know at the back of the first i don't think i think rb3 is high but i'm fine having him there at rb5 now is there anybody that you guys think in maybe a year's time and i guess this one might be kind of easy because there's the one that's that's two years older than the next oldest player which is gonna be Najee, i think at 24 so maybe he's the, the the easy answer here but like who's the one player that's most likely to drop out of this range and, and if we're gonna all say cmc maybe who's that next like if he struggles this year and some other people leapfrog them. Who are you maybe most worried about in this tier? So, yeah, I mean, it would be CMC. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the easy call here. And it hurts me to say it, but the next closest one is probably Swift. If really? he gets injured this season and plays eight games, 10 games, do I think he should fall out? No. Will he? Absolutely. Yeah, I think as far as, you know, the way we're tracking these guys and injuries and everything, that's that's really my only concern that has me going Najee over Swift is just that Swift has gotten a little banged up and missed some time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's got to be CMC that you would you would move down here. And Najee is a little bit older for like a, a, a second year back, but the the volume that you're going to see out of him, I don't, I don't see him falling out of this tier after this year. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is I don't know if you guys are buying into this Najee coming off the field more because there's just nobody else there. Where like he says it himself. So you're like, man, if anyone's going to be honest, it's going to be, Hey, he says he's going to take himself off the field or he's coming off the field more in 2022. Mm-hmm. Sure. But like, who are they, who are they putting in Benny Snell who gets 3.2 yards yeah. per carry Anthony McFarlane, who has 20 carries in his career, you know, like, who, who would they be putting in? So I feel like his only thing is, Okay, he's not going to get the 94 targets or whatever that he got last year. Mm-hmm. I, I think we all kind of concede that. Yeah. Sure, maybe the carries also come down a bit, but if that efficiency just does anything, right? Because his yards before contact and his, you know, his his ability to make plays after that, right, was fantastic. But he just didn't have anything to work with um, in terms of offensive line and just his ability to get going. If that changes a little bit, I think that almost makes up for most of what he'd lose in the passing game. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on on that. I mean, Najee's going to be fine, right? You're looking at a guy that he probably I'm, – I'm trying to pull it up right now if my internet would load. Yeah, first in the <laughs> league in opportunity share. Yep. 86% of the running back touches. He has touches to seed. Like, <laughs> there's a big gap there. I mean, yep. he's he touches the ball more than anybody. A guy that's going to get 400-plus opportunities potentially, even if he's at like 375. Yeah. You can lock him into your top six or seven running backs just on volume alone. I'm not. I'm not overly concerned. Yeah. So I, I think I think round one is kind of fairly straightforward. We're, obviously, we're looking at CMC. Uh, Cal, you have him maybe a little bit lower here in this tier. Guys, is there anybody that we did not touch on? Obviously, we'll get to round two here in a bit. But anybody else that you maybe put in the first round of? Hey, I'm still willing to take X player or maybe Brees Hall. Uh, anybody else that you would be willing to draft in the first round before we move out of this round? Uh, Brees Hall is definitely in the conversation for me. Um, yeah. Cause I've been, 
it's it's an unfortunate start in uh, startups to be at like the, the the pick 12 most of the time, you know. But uh, when I'm there, I'm constantly tempted to pop Brees Hall at number 13. Um, just because, I mean, yes, you know, he's got a little bit of competition in the backfield, obviously. But, I mean, he's going to be the guy. That's the word coming out of everything. So, uh, I expect maybe the volume to be down a little bit this year, obviously, but um, no Najee Harris numbers. But Brees Hall has has constantly been a, a tempt for me at pick number thirteen, just because he's got the most beautiful profiles that that we've ever seen coming out of college. So, the most beautiful profiles, is. I love it. Yeah, well, Lito's on that. Lito's <laughs> on that train as well. Yeah, he's right there. So jumping into this round two, he's right there going off just about 13, 14 overall at running back six is Brees Hall. And then we have Austin Eckler coming off at 14 overall running back seven. Saquon at running back eight. He, we have a little bit of a gap here. He drops to the end of the second round at 21st overall. And then Joe Mixon right behind him right around 22nd overall at running back nine. So there's almost like a little bit of a teardrop there within this round. Yep. It's kind of the same questions here because I, ca I call this kind of the grab bag tier because they're all here probably for different reasons, right? <laughs> Brees Hall, we haven't seen him play a down, and that's always the we haven't seen him play yet conversation before you're allowed to put him in the upper echelon. You have Austin Eckler, who's 27, right? Uh, Saquon, who hasn't been Saquon for two and a half years. And then Joe Mixon, who finally put it together last year. He feels like he could almost be higher. Uh, Justin, just overall thoughts with this tier. Anybody you move up, move down? What do you Honest, think? Honestly, if, again, I hate being like consensus nailed it, but I think consensus <laughs> probably has it right here. I think, yeah, Brees Hall belongs at six. He is, I think he is the dynasty RB6 right now. I get the, the whole argument of, well, he hasn't done it before, like you said, Robbie, but I don't really, I don't really care about that. Like if he ends up being bad, I'll change my ranking, but I'm pretty sure he's not. So I'm fine leaving it at RB6. And then, yeah, Eckler, he is the safest of these running backs here. He has proven it over several seasons. Obviously, we haven't seen it with Barkley and Mixon, so I'm fine with there being, you know, a pretty solid tier gap there because I don't think Barkley or Mixon are, you know, top three running backs in 2022. Eckler's going to do that. So I'm, I'm more than okay with that, that built-in tier break there. It's interesting. You said you don't see where did Mixon finish last year because he had to be pretty close to running back three, right? He was I mean, he, he had, was he was around there, but I think that's gonna I think that's best case scenario. I still think he's he's RB six for me on the season, but I just I don't see them getting into as many shootouts. I think his targets drop a little bit. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting there. I think. Yeah, you're you got a little Chris Evans fandom, huh? Maybe a little, little Chris Evans <laughs> no, in the back. I just think they pass less. That's the thing. I, I don't I don't think they're they're gonna air it out like they did at the end of the season. That that's my thing, is I don't think that's gonna be the norm. The defense is better, the offensive line is better. More rushing attempts not isn't really gonna be a good thing if it comes at the price of targets. That's my concern. Sure, sure. Yeah. What what's interesting is that obviously the efficiency was bonkers for, for Joe Burrow. So a lot of people are obviously and rightfully so pro, pro, projecting some regression to happen. Yeah. Um, and probably same with Chase, right? That's the other conversation with Chase. So does that affect scoring opportunities, how many plays they're going to run in a game, right? The, Justin, you do your own projections, right? It's like you those are things you think about when you're doing those numbers. How many yeah. plays per game? Um, what's the split? And then what's that touchdown opportunity? And some of that will probably fluctuate a little bit, but um, he's a guy I'm, I'm a little bit higher on. I might bump him above Saquon. I might bump him. He's right there with Eckler. The only problem is, like, 
if Eckler's healthy, he's going to be a top two guy. Like he's just, he's CMC light, but like yep. not light. He's like CMC, <laughs> just three quarters of him. Right. So yeah, as close as you can get. Yeah. So Cal, are you worried at all about Saquon? Because I feel like it, obviously the age, we always say, who, who's the guy that's most likely to drop out of this tier? The easy answer is, Hey, the oldest guy, right? I almost feel like the argument could be made for Saquon because we didn't see him right last year, but he played, you know, most of the year. Yeah. And obviously back-to-back years of missing. There's so much that has changed with this offense that makes me want to buy in, and I am buying in, to be honest with you. But I don't think everybody is. Are you there with Saquon where you're like, hey, I'm I'm going to forgive the past seasons. <laughs> I still believe Saquon is Saquon. Or have these injuries kind of uh, dumbed that down for you? Uh, for me, Saquon is a really good buy, in my opinion, at his ADP. Um, because one of the things is, yeah, he, he did not look himself last year, but we've talked countless times about how that full year being removed from that injury, you know, is, is, is a big deal. And for Saquon, I mean, there's stuff coming out of camp that they're going to line this guy up out wide that they're going to put him in the slot some this year. So it sounds like the more competent regime, I think that's got uh, the giants rolling (laughs) forward now is, uh, is hopefully going to give him some more opportunities to get the ball in his hands in space. So I'm buying Saquon. Um, but with that being said, I, I I think I have Mixon just ahead of him. Yeah, Justin, are you worried at all about uh, Saquon? I saw you kind of nod the head when you said when he said it was a buy. Are you kind of on that same train? I just traded for Saquon Barkley today. So yes, okay. I am. I am very much in on the Saquon Barkley hype. I'm I'm a big believer in. I'm not fading running backs because of injury i just they all get injured you can't predict it i mean this is something i tweeted out a little bit ago not even thinking about this uh running backs some notable running backs that didn't play 17 games last year cmc kamara cook swift eckler fournette connor chubb jones montgomery mitchell jacobs gibson damian harris kareem hunt and then i ran out of characters (laughs) it's every single running back You, you can't guess it you can't predict it that you, especially in dynasty, I'm just going to bet on talent and I'm going to hope it wins out. That's what Saquon Barkley is. There's probably not a more talented running back in the NFL. Yeah. I think that's maybe where I'm going to give you another question here. We always say, Hey, this guy's a buy, this guy's a sell, but very, very rarely do we ever say, Hey, here's what I would trade him for. You just have that trade. Are you, are you good with sharing? What yeah. Let me, I'm trying to pull it up. It's been a, it's been a hectic day. Give me that's, one that's fine. Yeah, yeah. While, while you're looking for that, um, Cal, so for, for me, obviously, I think the safest guy here is Brees. If Brees yeah. does even half of what we expect, he's probably even going to ascend into that next tier. Yeah. And then for dropping out, obviously, we're looking at, you know, Eckler is probably going to, when he hits age 28 season, drop down. Because there's a, there's a little bit of excitement around uh, Isaiah Spiller as well. Like, I think he's one of the better handcuff guys to own. Yeah, He's probably the most talented uh, 1B back in that backfield since Melvin Gordon. So I'm, I'm excited about that potential, and I wonder if that's going to lower – Eckler by midseason, is he not going to have the trade value that he has right now at running back seven? Man, I sure hope so, because if so, I'm going to go buy him. I'll tell you that much. Um, Because Eckler, for me, is one of those older guys that just, I believe his ability to catch the ball, especially, will keep him a lot younger, per se, as a running back and being able to contribute. Um, So I, I, I like Spiller as well, but Eckler is one of my favorites this offseason. And honestly, I've seen him go a lot later than uh, what they've got him mocked at right now in, in some startups. So mm-hmm. he's been a he's been a great target for me. 
Did you find that trade? Justin? I got it. I got it here. So it's an old school one QB league. This is like year six or seven Ooh, of it now. Yeah. But we've, we've been going out there. Uh, so Saquon Barkley, Josh Allen, and then a 2025 third. I had to get something on top uh, for Russell Wilson, DJ Moore, George Pickens, a 2023 second, and a 2024 third. A big 20- trade there. But a guy that he needed wide receivers. I got a bunch of depth. I need running back and a quarterback upgrade. That's where we landed. Hey, that's one of those big boy trades where, like, you can't even picture all of the. Uh, the, yeah. the I did tweet it out, so it's out there on my Twitter, Robbie. If you like, if you want to visualize it, it's out there. there. I'm gonna toss it. I'm gonna <laughs> toss it in the chat so everyone else can visualize. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's a chaotic one, and that was like six hours of negotiating during the work day. <laughs> Me and we're going back. And forth. <laughs> that's a productive day, uh, and you had to squeeze the 2020. Five, the 2025th third. Yeah, oh, yes. The- Always, every trade. I will ask for a third on top. <laughs> You're that guy. I love oh, Can I get a kicker? He asked for Joanny Woods, and I said, fine, give me a 2025 third. Give me your latest pick. Let's do it, man. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, all right, any any last thoughts on this tier? Um, I think I think we kind of wrapped that up pretty well. Yeah. I think, obviously, you know, Brees is, is staying, if not uh, going up there. Is there any – is there any – way that you guys would draft Austin Eckler over any of these younger guys? Or is he for sure behind Brees? I mean, obviously Swift, but Javante maybe? Like, Is there any way where you're trying to acquire Eckler if you need to win now and Javante's splitting with Melvin Gordon for another year? Does that enter your mind at all? (laughs) It's Again, I'm not not doing this on purpose. I'm in the middle of trying to pull off that exact trade. (laughs) I'm trying to flip Javante for Eckler. I'm texting with my buddy, so I'll let you know how that goes. But him and I have literally been talking about that today, trying to get Eckler plus for Javante. That's something I'm happy with. How many trades do you think you make in a week? In a week? Oh, uh, no, I I haven't made a trade in four weeks. Okay, okay. I, I was sitting at work. It was a slow day, and I was like, <laughs> damn, let, let's throw out some trade offers. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> Perfect day <laughs> One for One of those it. days, yeah. Between packing and everything else, I needed something to break it all up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, as a contender, if I needed a boost, I would definitely look for a move like that because yeah. there's there's so much hype around these young backs that uh, people are going to be willing to add some draft capital or maybe another um, like a depth starter, bi-week starter for a wide receiver exactly. or something like that. That's what I'm looking for. So, something small. The gap's not big. It's not a, it's not it's a not. big as big a gap as the ADP makes it look right now. You know, six, seven spots, but that high is a is a large gap. I think it should be a lot closer, especially for this season specifically. Right. Yeah. The, the the finish is just gonna be, in my opinion, top three if healthy versus what I don't I don't think Javante does he have top twelve upside? Yeah, yeah. Oh, got... <laughs> well, you know, I got got first one, to go. Baby, yeah. first one to go. First one to go. All right, oh, you guys oh. are still in the running. We're only uh, 22 minutes in. I knew, I knew I'd be the first one to go. Uh, he he does, though. I mean, like, he he can finish inside the top 12. There's a world Melvin Gordon goes down, or you know, it's sure, not. But, uh, it's not out. even as heavy of a yeah. split, though. I could see it going 60-40. I don't have him there. I have him at RB 14 or 15. I don't Same. know what the latest projection that's is, but that's, that's where I think he lands yeah. if everybody's healthy. Okay. Yeah, this is a, the 
backfield there is very reminiscent of the DeMarco Murray to Derrick Henry handoff Ooh. for me. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. like so, that. you know, like that, that first year, obviously it was a little bit more heavy on DeMarco or Melvin. And then uh, I, I definitely think Javante is going to take the lead back role, but I think even as a guy who's drafting a ton of Javante Williams, I definitely think Melvin Gordon will spoil. I, I still think he has top 12 uh, potential, but getting much higher than that, I think Melvin Gordon's going to spoil that. I think, I think Melvin Gordon is one of the more important guys to grab later in a draft if you are taking Javante. Okay. Okay. Guys, let's move on to round three because I think this is a pretty interesting yes. uh, area. Yeah, this is where weird. we start to get some some nerves here with some of the ages. And I call this round old or hurt. You're either old or you're hurt or you're Kenneth Walker. <laughs> that's, that's it. Those, those are the only uh, people that you are. So kicking it off first at running back 10, he's going off at, at the 27th overall is Nick Chubb. Right there, kind of 27th, 28th overall is Dalvin Cook right behind him. Alvin Kamara coming off right around 31st overall. Cam Akers at 13. Kenneth Walker tied right there with him in ADP, also at kind of 31st, 32nd. And then Derrick Henry at 33rd overall, running back 15. And then J.K. Dobbins rounding out this round three, uh, going just at the end, you know, 35, 36. Guys, this is a, this is a meaty round three, and it, I feel like it has some minds in it. It's like, don't step yeah. on the mine here. Is there anybody that sticks out to you, Cal? That's like, this is the mine. I don't want to step on it. I'm keeping away from X guy. Um, to me, I'm. It's it's tough because I'm never really a big fan of any of the Seahawks backfield, and I just think Rashad Penny's still going to be the guy for this year. Um, throwing health out of it as we've been talking about. So Kenneth Walker is a little high on that list for me. I would much rather have what should be the guaranteed production from a lot of the other guys in that tier. So if I'm, if I'm pinpointing anybody, I'm saying I'm staying away from Kenneth Walker in that range. Justin. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Mine though is one. So me and Marco were talking about this today. Um, If you guys aren't familiar, the other half of 14 P right. Nick Chubb at RB10 is a no-go for me. There's no way. If you're looking at this is you know the looming suspension for Watson, the, the talk right now is indefinite suspension, so probably a full season. If he gets that, you're looking at a Jacoby uh Brissett led offense for a 26-year-old rushing only Nick Chubb. I don't want any piece of that at all. But you know, the last time Last season, he took the Dolphins' offense from 22 points a game down to 15.8. Jacoby Brissett is terrible. And then you're looking at Nick Chubb, who's going to be 27 and you know, in 2023. And at that point, there's no way he increases in value. It's a guarantee he drops. And I think you get a basically, not necessarily a lost season, but you're not getting an RB1 season for Chubb in a Jacoby Brissett-led offense this year. I just, I just, there's too much going on. Yeah, I think that's the where I want to start is that the guy right at the top is one of the guys that scares me the most. Not, yep. not again. We're not even talking about age specifically, but situation this year. His, his um, I don't want to say the word again. Uh, the the rushing total that he can get with Kareem Hunt there is obviously capped, right? We we know that he's never going to be the guy to get Derrick Henry level work. He he has the efficiency. He has the touchdown yep. uh, potential, right? He's always been one of the most efficient, probably one of the best pure runners. And he gets touchdowns left, right, and center. But now when you scale back the efficiency and you scale back 
the touchdowns. What do you, what do you have there? You have a guy who's going to get 250 ish touches. Well, add in, you know, 20, 20 uh, catches. So 270 ish right around there, but now maybe six touchdowns and maybe only 4.7 yards uh, a pop instead of his 5.5 or 5.6 he's been getting. Yeah. That's going to sink him because he's been doing just all that to stay at running back 10, running back 11, running back 12. He's been right on that fringe. He doesn't do that, and, and he's done, right? He's just going to plummet below all these incoming rookies, below uh, the ETN, below Walker, below anybody younger than him, right? So mm-hmm. he's that's yeah. yeah he's the least obvious ticking time bomb. Like on the surface, like, oh, it's Nick Chubb. It's, you know, he's, he's only 26. And then you dig in, okay, well, you hit 27, people are already going to drop him. And then you add in, you know, a, a huge number of extremely talented 2023 rookies. And you're looking at a guy that can go from RB10 to RB17 or 18 potentially next year. And you're just losing value with him sitting on your roster, especially if you're drafting him in a startup and you're not going to get the, the win now potential you think you are. Right. It's just, it's not great. And, and to be fair to him, most of these guys will drop with some of these uh, guys coming in the 2023 yes, class. Absolutely. Like unless Akers smashes, unless JK Dobbins smashes, Kenneth Walker can retain, but the rest of these guys are all going to get bumped down. So we know that it's just, will Nick Chubb go from uh, the top of this group that's all going to move down to the bottom? Will he be below Dalvin Cook, who at least is still a top five guy, below Alvin Kamara once he comes back from suspension, is still a top six, seven, eight guy, right? Yeah. Like that's the question with Chubb is that he I don't he doesn't have that ceiling to begin with. And yeah, I didn't say it. I didn't say I didn't say the word. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up I'm gonna end up saying it twice for any of you guys say it once. I I'm thinking. It. I'm trying hard. <laughs> let's uh let's go back up to Walita's question here, uh, since we have Kamara in this group, and so we have a p- potential six game suspension. Maybe it's less if he doesn't appeal. Like that's what's being thrown around now. So that's kind of what everybody's like going off of. Hey, it's gonna be six games. We don't know that to be certain, but let's kind of go off of some kind of suspension, three to six, whatever it is. Are you guys moving him down a lot in Dynasty? Or are you guys saying, hey, it's it's like a quarter of the season, whatever it is, it's not going to affect me too much in this long-term value? Yeah, for me, um, in this tier, I'm absolutely not going to move him down just because I feel like in this tier right here, he's the one guy that when he is playing could could have that top five pop. You know, like, you like that pop? Yeah, but yeah, uh, that was good. But yeah, so so for me, like I'm I'm not gonna move him. He's also somebody that I'm gonna I'm gonna try and and trade for after the first couple weeks. If it is a six game suspension, week three, week four, maybe that owner's taking a couple L's early and needs to move for some production. Because if I could trade a guy like Nick Chubb for Alvin Kamara and then maybe even like sneak something in there, I think that's money because. Kamara, just as Eckler, that catching volume alone gives him stability. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And I, w- I would like him more towards the top of this list in round three. Kind of related to that question, and Justin, if you want to answer that too, I'll give you a second. But related to that question, are we at the point where 2023 ambiguous first is worth more than anybody on this list now? Did we just did we hit that point for you guys? Or is there somebody that you say, I want them over – a 2023 first and let's just say you're middle of the road because obviously contender can swing you one way uh rebuild can swing you another way average team middle of the pact are, are we at that point 
Yeah, going back to the Kamara thing uh, real quick. I don't really factor in suspensions with dynasty value. It's a a one-time thing typically, and if you have him on your roster, you're a win-now team hopefully, so you should be able to survive a couple of weeks without him. But um, going back to that, I mean, in the leagues, I've tried to trade away Nick Chubb. I've tried to trade away Kamara or Cook or any of these guys. You can't get mid-round 2023 first. So I think in the general consensus of it all, uh, you're not you're not trading any of these guys for a future first or for a 2023 first. Um, but like you said, a contender, I'm significantly more inclined to give up a, a first for you know Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook or whoever else. But I think in the general public, you're not going to get that much. Do you think that's also partly because we're not in the season, right? Like we always have the hey, you're vets. Yeah. Week three after Nick Chubb has put up three touchdowns in two weeks is a lot more enticing for somebody to add to their squad than he is right now. When you look at man, he's 26. He might have Jacoby Brissett, you know, ah, uh, no, this 2023 first is good. Cause it's that 2023 first isn't losing any value. And you see Chubb is losing value, but all of a sudden week three rolls around and Alvin Kamara had you know, maybe a bad example because he's suspended, but Dalvin cook is a top three guy after three weeks. He's a lot more enticing. Now do you, do you think maybe consensus will start to sway where, a certain percent of these guys, unless it's an early 2023 first, you can probably get most of these guys straight up one-to-one trade. You should be able to, because I mean, admittedly, most of us are pretty terrible at saying, you know, this is a contender. This is a rebuild team. You get into the season, people can, you can see, you can draw the line pretty clear in the sand. Like, no man, your team's pretty terrible. (laughs) You know, start, start trading away, go get some picks or, Hey, you're, you're one running back away. Go make a move. And then, then you start to get some, some more clarity in the league. I think right now everybody's looking at either upside or picks and it, nobody knows which way is up. So it's, it's a bit chaotic this time of the year. Justin, why do I feel like you've done that to a person yeah. in the league? You've reached out and you're like, Hey man, your team's pretty terrible. You <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Hey, honesty. There's, there's a price you got to pay for getting honesty, right? You can tell exactly <laughs> what kind of dynasty player I am. I am exactly who you would expect me to be. That's awesome. How about Cal for you? Are you, Hey, I want to get these years out of these guys, even if they are 26, 27 in, in, I don't know. Are are we still considering Derrick Henry coming off a foot injury uh, coming off of, you know, the, the trading away of H a Brown, right? Like that, his situation seems a little questionable. If, if he could be that running back one 30 carries a game type of guy, maybe he's not the one we're trading straight up for 2023 first, but everybody else, Cal, are you, hey, if I'm in the right situation, I would move my first that I think is going to be a late because I'm in contention. Yeah, so I, I've i gotten a little bit, like, biased towards trading draft capital um, because I always expect to be one of the top two or three teams, you know. If you're, if you're saying that, you know, if I'm middle of the road, I'm keeping those 23s, you know, every single time. Because, you know, one thing I struggled with early as a dynasty player, too, was taking that hard look in the mirror. Am I a top three team? You know, and so I would constantly like make trades going back and forth and flirting with that contending or rebuilding line. So if if I know I'm a top three team, I'm still going to give up my first, which I know is going to be late in the first round uh, to get a couple of these guys. And I'd be happy with it. And don't slander my man, Derek Henry. Okay. Okay, so you're still in. You, you you're still in. You're not worried about this season at all. That, that's the next guy I was going to get to. Him and 
Uh, well, kind of the three, right? The three coming off injury. You're either old or you're hurt, or Derrick Henry's case where you're old and you are were hurt. So, <laughs> see, when, I, when I'm looking at Derrick Henry, you know, I'm I'm putting my Titans fanhood aside right here. Oh, okay? that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, when I look at Derrick Henry, the thing is, is on paper, yeah, he's old, he's injured. Then you scroll over to his Instagram, he's doing things that only the top one percent in the league can probably do, working out. So. As far as being able to tote the rock, thirty percent or thirty carries a game, I'm not. I'm not worried about that at all. What I am worried about is, you know, his efficiency has definitely declined over the last two years. Um, but let's be honest, the Titans' offense is pretty rough too. So, yeah, um, I expect him to have a ton of touches. Kind of a Najee last year, I would say, like efficiency a little lower that 3.9, four yards per carry or something like that. But I think he's still going to get a ton of volume. Now, Justin, was it you that tweeted or somebody else that said, don't, don't, I don't care about efficiency. I care about touches. And yeah, was, it, was it you? It's yeah. like that. that so Kevin and I had this discussion. <laughs> we were talking redraft running back rankings and I made the points like, I don't, I don't care if he's less efficient and sure. Maybe he doesn't get the 30 cause they're going to work him in slow to start i don't know like let's say it's 27 whatever Mm -hmm. um i don't really care if he's all that efficient if he's getting 27 carries and he's going to score every other game which we can have every game yeah Yeah, pretty damn close right like (laughs) then i'm not worried about him getting 3.8 yards a carry it doesn't matter to me are you like it's a somebody somebody tweeted i think it was hayden winks uh, a half a half yard or a 0.5 yards per carry over 250 carries, it's 12 and a half points. That's it. Like a half yard change in efficiency. I don't care if you drop from, you know, four, 4.5 to four, you lose 12 points. That's inconsequential to me. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and goal line touches too. That's a, that's a big right. factor. He's not yeah. going to lose the most valuable touches. They're not going anywhere. No, because if we're inside the 10 yard line, do you think we're throwing it to whoever we have to throw it to right now? No. Derek Ro- Robert will get in the rock three times in a row. So, Hey, it's just another year of Robert Woods being underrated. Just check the box. That's, that's all I got to say. <laughs> that's the takeaway. I'll never give up. <laughs> never. So kind of along that same vein, worries about cam Akers and coming back because obviously we look at the the injuries and right the achilles is the nobody's come back from it yet which some people say hey that's saying something other people say well we just haven't had somebody like Akers' status this early in his career have it he's going to be fine after full off season justin where are you at in that that whole thing are you is this right where cam Akers needs to be kind of right in the middle if he if he produces he's going to pump back up into top 10. If he doesn't produce, he's going to drop, you know, maybe 18, 20 ish range. So this is a good middle ground. Yeah. I mean, I I have no issue with where he's going. I was crazy high on him coming out of college, obviously not so much now, right? You, you have to bump him down because I mean, he looked terrible basically coming back off of that Achilles injury, but it's expected that he's going to look terrible because it was six months post Achilles. Yeah. The, the, the whole argument is, you know, whether he's, not not whether he's good. It's if, are they going to give him the workhorse role? If they do, if you know, if they really give him the work, then it's going to end up being fine, and he'll he'll jump up into the top ten. But I don't think they do. I think Henderson is going to be significantly more annoying than we expect, and because of that, I got Acres. You know, around RB sixteen seventeen this season, and I think he'll probably stay pretty stagnant in, in dynasty for the next year or two. 
I mean, that's where I'm at with him, but I don't, I don't think that's consensus. I think we're low. That would make us low on oh, acres. Yeah. And he's the one I'm, I feel like if I'm going to be wrong on a person, it's going to be acres, but this is one where I want to stick to that conviction because I mean, not just the, the, the injury, which I, I don't want to brush that aside. Cause I do think that's something to consider, but he's not, he, at least in the NFL, he has not caught passes. I think he has like 21 receptions in 15 games or something like that. It's something like just over one a game. And do they change it up and throw to him more? Maybe, but like, there's kind of a Nick Chubb ish ceiling there, right? Like, there's yeah. I'm trying to look because that that is skewed. Are you tossing the end of the the playoff games? Because that usage was down. So that that's where it's it's tough. I don't remember what his rookie season looked like. To be perfectly honest, I don't have that. On it was about hand. two two and a quarter targets a game, Man, that's and tough. It, it was it was just low. And, and so obviously enough. he kind of ripped up. I think he had a fantastic game where he was 180 some yards or whatever it was. And that's another good game. Weeks. Right, he had, he had that kind of stretch, Against the but even Jets, then, yeah, I think him. it was like eight catches or something like that. It was something he had two two a game, I think, during that stretch. But it was like I don't know if that's also holding me back from like I'm not going to take him over some of these other guys, even though they are a little bit older, because I just don't see that top eight ceiling with him. But um, I'm going to definitely be the low guy on Acres, and, and Marco you know, will beat you. I promise. Really, Marco, Marco's going to be lower than you. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> Okay. He despises him. <laughs> what, what, what's his? What's his? Do you know his reasoning? Yeah. So this, when Acres yeah. came out, he was really raw. Like he was, he was a very raw talent. You saw it in his rookie year. He missed holes. He did this and that. And Marco yeah. just has not bought in to the talent. He just doesn't think he's as good as others do. Um, you know, volume aside, and I think that's that's his hold, his hold up right now. Does he think that? Because here's something I can subscribe to. Kyron Williams obviously had the fall from grace because of the fall. Not Kyron Williams, I promise. It's not okay. Because <laughs> if you're telling me, if you're telling me, hey, I want somebody there on third down that I have no questions about uh, pass blocking, I have no questions about catching the football. I mean, I can't think of a better situation for Kyron Williams to be in than that one. It's like you almost wish yeah. the Patriots drafted him, except they drafted four other running backs, <laughs> and he's not one of them, right? It's so I, I'm curious. It sounds like that's not. It's it's Henderson again. He thinks Henderson takes more work. Him and I, he thinks Henderson takes more work than I do. I don't know where his projections have landed. I don't know if he's finished up yet, but uh, yeah, th- that's his his major holdup. Mine is Henderson taking some enough receiving work to be annoying. Yeah, Cal, any any thoughts on Acres? Yeah, so uh, interesting enough. So thirty one. Yeah, that's too high for me for Acres because um, there's guys that slip below him that I would feel much more comfortable taking. But to be honest, what's I've done three startups so far this offseason, and I actually saw him available in the seventh round in one of them. Wow. So there are going to be these little pocket drafts that you get into that you'll see a guy like that where everybody's down on slip that low. And obviously I smash draft at that point. But, you know, it's it's a tough thing on him because if you play the numbers, he's, he's not going to go on to have a fantasy relevant career, you know, with that Achilles injury. But I just think there's enough factors and there's, there's guys right below him that are, we're thinking are going to get a little bit more work, especially this year. Yeah. I like how you put that. Cause I, I probably should have done a better job and put some wide receivers or other players going around these overall ADPs. Cause that really paints the picture, right? When you're looking yeah. at cam makers versus uh I don't know what wide receivers going right there. 
you know, but it's probably a, a, AJ Brown or something. Right. Like that. Higgins, right. Probably something like yeah. that. Yeah. And you're telling me are, you're going to turn down a T Higgins and go with this questionable yeah. running back. It's like, that's, that's really difficult to go mm-hmm. Cam makers over T Higgins if, if he is going there. Um, so that, that, that's a good point there. I like to kind of think about that as well. Um, any thoughts on JK Dobbins? Then we'll, we'll keep chugging here. Kind of same situation. Like if he balls out, he's going to be way better than running back 16. If he kind of struggles or doesn't come out the gates. Cause the one thing that I think we overlook sometimes is like, Hey, this guy is going to be ready for week one, going to be ready for week one. And then they're kind of getting close. And then we have the Saquon Barkley. Will he yeah. be ready for week one? And then all of a sudden he is only getting half the work the first four weeks and he doesn't look himself. Any, any worries about that with, with JK Dobbins? Dobbins is, he's one I'm very confident is going to rise in ranks this season. He yeah. is on par with Nick Chubb as just like a pure runner. Uh, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I think we're going to see it. He's better than Gus Edwards, and it's not even a slight on Gus Edwards because he's also very good. But I think Dobbins is just going to have a crazy efficient season, similar to, you know, think Mark Ingram was it 2019, where yep. you know, not a ton of touches, still finished, in, you know, top 10, just on the back of touchdown production and in wild efficiency. I think that's what you get with J.K. Dobbins this year. I mean, they made they made Justin Forsett, if we remember that name, yeah. uh, a top yeah. whatever top ten back. So exactly. So it's it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I think I think the Ravens getting back to just smashing the ball down people's throats this year too. Yeah. You know, so especially I mean, and this isn't a slight towards Bateman because I like Bateman, but um, but with him as your number one trading Hollywood Brown, that kind of to me kind of sends a signal that you know we're going back to the smash mouth ways of, of the past. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a guy who, who has a lot of Bateman. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens there. Obviously yeah. they're going to run first team, but shoot, if he can get, obviously the passing total will be different, but man, Omar was one of the most inefficient passers last year. Now he didn't have a lot to work with, obviously, but yeah. if those, that touchdown rate can go higher, that completion rate can go higher, that yards per attempt can go higher. Man, I'm excited about that as well. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What? keeping with running backs as we are. Let's go to round four here. There's only two guys here. We're talking Travis Etienne going 39th overall at running back 17, and Antonio Gibson, 41st overall, running back 18. Small tier, but I, I want to say Etienne just feels like a huge value here. I don't know if everybody else thinks this way. I've been talking about him as like the sleeper in redraft and the sleeper in dynasty, and I've heard some other people say it. It just feels like I don't know why he's this low. Maybe so, again, we haven't seen it yet. Justin, like we were talking about with Brees Hall, they haven't seen him produce yeah. yet. But once he does, like why why wouldn't he shoot above this last tier? You know, assuming he can, you know, be a top 14-ish guy this year. Like, why wouldn't he shoot uh, above the tiers round three guys? Right. I mean, like this year I will have talk and redraft 100 percent roster ship of um <laughs> of Travis Etienne. Yeah, he is. He, he's this year's DeAndre Swift. I've, I've been saying that since March, and it's gonna happen. I mean, it's a terrible team that's going to be throwing a ton because they don't have a defense. Below average wide receiver room, regardless of what you think of Christian Kirk and his eighteen million dollar <laughs> contract. 
uh, chemistry with the quarterback, and then, again, a pass-heavy offense. So everything really lines up for him. James Robinson's not healthy. He's still coming back, like we said, from an Achilles injury, and he doesn't have the athleticism that Cam Akers does. So I think it's going to affect him even more so. And it's just – it doesn't make a lot of sense. You're looking at a guy that got first-round draft capital in the NFL, is an elite pass catcher, can run between the tackles. He's just coming off an injury, and because of it, you get a huge discount. It's an easy buy. Yeah, for me, this this isn't my tier break at all. Um, I'm definitely moving ETN up into the the previous tier, especially because uh, you know we look at at Gibson and what the Redskins have done. You know they they've used draft capital on running backs, and and so it's it makes me a little bit nervous to put him in that same tier with ETN, who I think is is going to see a a big workload, especially in that pass catching uh, capacity because. I think just having him in the backfield this year, hopefully all year, is going to make Trevor feel more comfortable just knowing he's got that dump-off guy. So if you can remember back to, like, especially Alvin, Alvin's, like, first, maybe his rookie year, it just seemed like he was getting dump-off after dump-off, especially yeah. late in the games when, you know, garbage time yeah. counts for fantasy football. Yes. And I think we're going to see a lot of those things. I mean, I – I think ETN could get close to that, you know, 800 yard mark in rece- receiving yards this year. I really do. I think the guy's got a, a, a huge ceiling this year. Yeah, you. you I say my, my favorite is people bring up the uh, the article from like 2018 where he's like, "Oh, I'm nervous catching passes," and like people <laughs> people drop that in because I debate. I tweet about Travis ETN once a week at least, <laughs> and somebody always drops that article in there and. The date on it is before he went to his junior and senior year. We yep. caught like 80 total passes. And I was like, yep. okay, so w- what are we doing, guys? Like, what what are we doing here? You, you're basing it off of a singular quote at this point three, four years ago. I just – it's it's people will do anything to, to make fantasy a little bit harder than it needs to be. And he did make a weird shift in his college production as well. Like you are saying, you know, because – you know, before that year prior to him becoming draft eligible, we had like not seen much production Nothing. as a pass catcher. And yeah. then he does pop off. <laughs> and we're like, where does this come from? Because I remember you didn't hear much about ETN in that that top five or six pick range, you know, right. a year before that draft. And then as soon as we saw that pass catching ability, we were like, okay. Because wow. the dude's always been a good runner, you know. Yeah. So right. right, I think he's very yeah. underrated at this at this ADP. How high will you guys go into this other group? Will you put him above an acres above or is Kamara kind of that cut off Kamara cook because of their um, ceiling? I uh, got to make sure I use the right word there. Is, yeah. is that kind of that cut off? Yeah. I'll put him at RB third. He is RB 13 for me. Yeah. yeah. That, that's right where he belongs. I'll take, like I traded one Oh two for him this season. So I'll gladly give up Kenneth Walker for yep. ETN without even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going cook. Kamara and then ETN. Yeah, I like that. Let's talk about the other guy in this in this tier here because he's kind of almost going the opposite way, right? Like he his backmate uh, JD McKissick gets resigned. Uh, commanders go out and they draft uh, B Rob in the top of the fourth round or some, somewhere around. Yeah, there. He, got, he got he got day two. He okay, yeah, two draft capital. Yeah, 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 but back of the third round or some somewhere there, right? Yeah, and so. Yeah, Perfect. And so like that's that's spelling out what they want to do. And it's not give yeah. Gibson 
20 touches a game. Like that's very worrisome. Are you guys starting to kind of move out like everybody else is? Cause we've seen Gibson now drop down here to where are we at running back 19 or so. Are you guys also kind of moving out? Cause I had him in a, um, a fade, you know, a redraft fade just because of these, he, he does he have that, that ceiling anyways. And now we have these other uh, issues. Like where, where are you guys at with that? He has the ceiling, but he needs an injury. He needs JD McKissick to get hurt again. So we can get the pass catching work, yeah. which I, that's not a clear path. That's not something I want to yeah. see. Like, I, I think yeah, he doesn't belong in the fourth, put him down in the fifth round with Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and make him a part of that tier. I think that makes more sense. I don't think it's egregious to take him over those other guys, but that's the group he belongs with. He doesn't belong with, you know, ETN and Dobbins and the like above him. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, um, which stinks because, like, I feel like Antonio Gibson is kind of a guy that's undervalued by his team. I think he can do <laughs> yes. a lot more than what he does. Kind of a Miles yeah. Sanders to me where, like, when he does get the workload, he – tends to produce, but you're just confused by them continually signing people and drafting people. So yeah, I, to me, there's like, there's no tier four with what we're looking at. To me, you move ETN up into that three range and then four is Antonio Gibson slides down with the rest of the dudes we'll talk about next. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's too much concerning when you have somebody trying to, they're, they're adding pass catching or re-signing pass catching and then adding a goal line threat so that's that scares me away from from Gibson yeah one thing I've tried to teach myself since I got scared off of AJ Brown going to Tennessee in 2019 was that situations can change right like yeah. I don't like his situation we know he's talented had the shin thing this last year but we know there's talent there right and so I'm trying not to let situation play into it but man when we talk about these guys in the next tier I'll just pull them up here right now Dave Montgomery Aaron Jones Elijah Mitchell and Zeke <laughs> I feel like all four of these guys are for sure going to be better than him this year. If you told me another year, probably for at least three of them, maybe all four could be better than him next year. And obviously situations change. So I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I almost feel like in most situations, I almost want at least three of these guys, maybe all four of them over Gibson. Am I too low on him? Am I getting out of hand there? I, it's tough. Cause I, again, you can make an argument. I don't think, again, I don't think it's egregious to say, you'll take all four of them over Gibson, right? You know, that's the point of the tier there is they're all guys that are ranked pretty similarly. So take whoever you, you prefer. Right. So I, I don't think it's crazy to say that at all. The, the one I'm not going to take over him is Zeke. And and that that's an age concern. That's an efficiency drop concern. There's a whole other mess of items going on there, but yeah. um, does he care concern, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, <laughs> I think he cares, but yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's one that I've had a lot of discussion on because I've kind of done the let's look at the splits right from healthy Zeke weeks one through four versus not Who's healthy three? Zeke. Yeah, and and it's just it's night and day, guys. It's eighty five yards a game down to forty nine. It's it's sixteen seventeen touches a game down to twelve thirteen mm-hmm. uh, yards per carry. You know, drops by two. Just all of these metrics, right? And then people are like, well, yeah, but that's that's two years, right? He's dropped the last two years. I was like, well, we got to think back to twenty twenty. He lost Jack. <laughs> right, we had we had Cooper Rush, we had uh, Andy Dalton, we had Ben DiNucci for a game, Garrett Gilbert for part of a game. They have their offensive line, and I get it, injuries happen, so it sounds like you're making excuses. But the context that I put in is that hey, the, the, when he's had Dak 
and he hasn't been injured. He's a top five running back. When you go points per game, maybe you can drop him down to six or seven. But like, it's very clear that when he's healthy and and when he has Dak, it's it's lights out. But then you can have the conversation about Tony Pollard and yeah. how well he's he's been doing. Yeah, and that needs to be a conversation too. But I think the one caveat that I'll play there is that one of these running backs isn't going to be in Dallas next year. And do they take the huge financial hit on, on Zeke or do they let Tony Pollard walk? Like one of them is going to be gone. And so I think that's another interesting thing where if, if Zeke's gone, then we don't know where he's going to be. That's a whole thing. And that's probably why you don't take him over Gibson here because there's a lot of unknown after this year, Mm -hmm. but man, if there was a situation where Pollard's gone and they have to bring in somebody else and now it's Zeke for another year in a really good offense, high touchdown potential, I can talk myself into a reason why Zeke, we should at least not maybe be worried about him for the next two years, but there, there's risks like probably most of these guys in the tier. I think the age, the age is the big, it's a, it's a three-year age gap, right? Like Gibson just turned 24, Zeke's about to turn 27. So that to me, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting into age cliff territory outside of, so there's all those other factors. And for me, I'm yeah. like, I'll take the, the three-year difference. Although again, I, I think Zeke, beats Gibson this year in, in fantasy. I have him ranked ahead of him. Um, so don't don't hear what I'm not saying there. But if it, <laughs> the age gap is enough for me to go, I'll go a little bit younger there. And, th- and that's just a draft strategy thing. I, I try to not draft guys I think are you know guaranteed to, quote-unquote, lose dynasty value next season. Yeah, again, I, I know we've hit on this topic a couple of times, but I think it matters for Aaron Jones and Zeke in this. How do you juxtapose that against, hey, I know both of these guys most likely will be top 10, for sure top 12 guys, but I, I I have them both ranked as top 11 or 12 guys, so right around there, right? Is there a, a case to make where it's like, hey, at some point I want to just get the points this year? Aaron Jones, you could argue you're going to get those points from two years. Maybe not looking at him with Gibson, but like, is there is there a way where you can talk yourself into going for those guys if the, the situation's right, or do you think that's just bad dynasty play to get that age added? Um, but the price point's different than what the other guys we were talking about too. You don't have to pay the Kamara, Dalvin Cook, who are all right there at twenty seven as well, if I remember correctly. Like yeah. Dalvin Cook's only like a couple months. I think he's like one month uh, younger than Zeke, and we always look at him different because different draft classes, right? Yeah. Um, so they're right there. It's almost like an argument, like maybe Cook's too high, but he's been finishing as that top five guy, not injured when he's not injured, right? So yeah, the, the ceiling's different with Cook Kamara. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I'd rather take Fournette, James Connor, you know, around two rounds later. There you go. Before I grab a scoop of twenty seven, soon to be you know twenty eight next season uh, year old Zeke. That's that's my that's my deal. Yeah, I think this point in the draft too, like when you're doing a startup. Another thing that's important to note is just where you're at with your roster leading to then, you know, kind of like react to contact with uh, how the draft is going and what you already have on board, you know, because if I've already um, kind of popped a couple of these older dudes in the previous rounds, I'm definitely not going to double tap the age and efficiency <laughs> and go there again. You know, Both I'm going to look retirement at home. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think your 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 draft results up until that point can kind of change some things as well, um, but like I said earlier, I, I'm always trying to be a contender, so uh, I do like production. But Zeke is definitely out of this this range for me. He's he's the the last one. Yeah, just looking at this build, it, it could be pretty interesting if you went somebody like a Brees Hall at the beginning of the second, yeah, the beginning of the second, 
ETN somewhere in the fourth, right? And then you get your running back three is either an Aaron Jones or Zeke right there in the fifth round. I feel like that's a really interesting build where you have the youth, you have maybe that aged veteran, but he's going to produce better than a running back three. Maybe if we're doing startups, that's kind of the way. I really like how you phrase that. Let, let's split the age gap, not get AR, AARP card. Uh, <laughs> is, is that something you'd subscribe to there, Cal? Yeah, and I think a, an important thing for, for dynasty players too is to play in multiple leagues because when you're playing in only one, maybe two leagues, you get more emotionally attached, especially to the draft capital is what I, I tend to see. So playing in multiple leagues will really help with that too. But mm-hmm. um, I actually – I've been like preaching this offseason after doing some uh, some stuff to, you know, all like 10 Twitter followers I have that – I am loving trading back in the first and second or something to get multiple picks in like rounds three through seven. And so I was just able to pull off a a trade back from 103 to 107 to get an additional second rounder. And then from 107 to 112. And so I was still able to get Dak at the 112. And then I took home DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and Brees Hall. So nuts, I was man. I was pretty ecstatic about that. That's so. nuts that they're giving you that second for yeah, just going back five picks. Yeah, well, I, I gave him back like a – it was like they – I think they gave me like a four-round bump or something. So it was like they moved back and I, I, get, I got four rounds later. So like a sure. seventh to a third or a, a sixth to a second. But, yeah. I've so. Yeah, dude. The trade back's always the move. I have – and this is just – I don't like join a lot of like random startups. So the sole reason of my dynasty strategy doesn't work with that. As in, I have never once been a contender my first season. It will never happen because I trade out of the first, I trade out of the second round. I load up on incoming draft class and yeah, rounds like three through seven and just go productive struggle, crazy depth and, and just bank on my ability to try and predict breakouts where I can. And then that's where you, that's where you get those juggernauts. But I have never in my life contended you're one of a dynasty league. It's never happened. Not on purpose anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to tank and I ended up in third place. I was like, what the hell happened? What happened here? <laughs> well, yeah. I traded for J- an injured J.K. Dobbins. I traded for an injured ETN and wound up in third place on pure luck. It was great. <laughs> wow. Well, quickly too, like that's, that's one of the crazy things about playing in dynasty leagues is uh, that – a lot of times, you know, redraft, you're competing with all 12 teams or all 14 teams or yeah. whatever's in your league. In dynasty leagues, there's normally six people just trading for draft picks from the get-go, <laughs> you know? So it's almost like you're only competing with the six teams or four teams sometimes yeah. that are actually going for it. So it's easy, that's man. where – Yeah, walk into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, let's 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 keep this moving. we got a couple more rounds to get through. Round six, we're looking at – I feel like this is the I can't catch group, but actually just kidding, <laughs> I can. It's A.J. Dillon, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs. Like, oh, wait, they actually can catch, and maybe they're too low. Like, this is that group I think you were just talking about, Justin, where, hey, maybe I, don't, I miss on the Aaron Jones-Zeke, but I get that Leonard Fournette or somebody who is even cheaper here. They're all going off the board right around 65th or 67th overall. So we're talking now you don't have to invest a, a ton of capital in to get these guys – Anybody stick out as somebody that you're targeting in this area? Again, yeah, you're contending Leonard Fournette, but again, yeah. if you're not a contender, I'm not picking up AJ Dillon. I'm not. I'm not taking Fournette. I'm not taking Jacobs. I'll. I'll just punt 
the sixth round. I I'm just not crazy about anybody here, you know, long term especially. Yeah, um, for me, I really for the same reasons of Antonio Gibson, I'm really low on Josh Jacobs. I feel like they're constantly trying to yep. replace him, um, and he's <laughs> never really taken that next step that I guess we've thought was going to be there. And now they spent what was it like third round draft capital on third or fourth on, on White, third or fourth yeah. on what it was on Zamir. So and so they just keep adding pieces to that backfield. So I'm I'm totally out on him. And I actually love the buy that we're going to get to next above most of these guys. I'll still take Lenny because I think he's got an awesome two years. But Okay, okay. Before we drop out of that, one guy – I think it's interesting to talk about Leonard Fournette because he feels like the guy where the bottom can fall out because obviously he had a really good year last year, catching a ton of passes. Probably the same thing happens this year. But he feels like, a, hey, I need to sell – this guy now, unless I'm utilizing him for that, that title. And it might say, sound obvious to say, but if Tom hangs it up after this year, or they find a way to, to make Keyshawn Vaughn something or, or, or uh, Rashad white, right? Yeah, no Rashad white slander. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, no absolutely. A- anybody in that offense. Yeah. I just feel like he has everything going for him right now. And all of it is just going to slowly get chipped away until you're just left lying with nothing and you're Will Smith. You're Will Smith in the apartment just by yourself looking around, nothing else in there. Like I feel like that's Leonard Fournette for me where Tom's gone, you lose that security blanket. Other backs in there that are starting to chip at his work, gone. Because he hit or miss is, isn't, isn't the most efficient guy either. It's just the volume is there, right? And so that's what's scary about his, his dynasty. Thing for me is is that you know they did you know Ronald Jones is not there anymore, so they gave I think they gave Leonard Fournette a what a three year deal I believe, yep. so uh, for me Lenny is a guy that I'm you know count my my winnings with and ride off into the sunset with him, and just know that I'm not going to be able to really trade back in age or anything like that because I think he's just a guy that that could really drop off a cliff. So if you're if you're not a top two team, I would definitely be looking to move him um, while we've got the the Tom Brady name in Tampa Bay. But I think he's going to have a fantastic year, and then we'll watch for the soap opera of Tom Brady next offseason. Yeah, Fournette's going to have a good season, but I think it explodes after this. Oh, for sure. I, I think yeah. Rashad White is great. He is going to have a really good career. I'm, I'm very confident uh, in Rashad White. So. We might even see less of a ceiling from uh, Fournette this season. I, I don't think we get the you know the top five, six running back. Some people no, want to no. project him up at, but you know I think you know he's a borderline RB one. You know maybe probably just inside that top twelve. You know a, a step down from last season, but he's still he's gonna be, he's gonna go gangbusters this year, and then it'll get it'll get scary. Yeah. Would you guys move him for? And Elijah Mitchell, someone someone shoots you an offer, <clears throat> you get Elijah Mitchell, you get rid of Leonard Fournette. Is that something you're, you you talked about? You, it's going to be hard to buy back years. They're close enough in ADP. You said you weren't crazy about AJ Dillon or Josh Jacobs, so I won't go there. Someone shoots you Elijah Mitchell. Is that something you do the flip for? If if my time, if I'm looking at my timeline, okay, it's not this season for me, but it's next year. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. I think even as a contender, I would I would probably accept that trade. Ooh. Um, because Ooh. because the thing is is um, 
I think you can get value other places. You know, running back is one of the most important places to really get those years back because they do fall off that cliff so quickly. Right. Like, for instance, what could you have gotten for Nick Chubb before last year? And now what can you get for him now? You Can't know, like, for him. yeah. And so, so I'm I think if we can get a penny, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think Mitchell's a guy, obviously I don't expect him to finish like Fournette this year, but if I can take that like two or three point per game average off to move to a guy that's several years younger with, I mean, a better situation long-term, then I'll take that risk. That's that's, that's my weakness in, in dynasty. I, I can't do that. I, when I'm contending, I can't look at the, I just got worse two points per game. I'm not, <laughs> you're not guaranteed the championship, right? You can get yeah. knocked out after the bye week, which is the most frustrating thing ever, but we'll put that aside. That definitely <laughs> didn't happen to me last year. Like you can get knocked out because you, you did, you gave up those two points, but that's something that I've acknowledged that I need to get better at, you know, uh, Cal, you're, you're our buddy Welch, Christian Welch. He's fantastic. That He'll just, he'll trade players like they're just a, a stock, right? And yeah. he'll switch from a Zeke to a Swift last year before, you know, he blew up and he'll just keep buying back those years and he'll play around until he's got the concoction, right? And it's just so tough to do sometimes. So that's, that's a guy we didn't talk a lot about in this last round. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I think is interesting because of what they did bringing in um, Tyrion Davis price. And what does that mean? Because, Everyone has this this thought that, oh yeah, Shanahan always uses a lot of backs. He did. I don't buy that at all because no. when you look at the stats, he uses one back and one back only until it they just get happens. This <laughs> happens that they can't ever stay healthy. Yeah. I don't know what they put in the water. Whatever the Chargers yeah. used to have, they gave it to the 49ers. It, it went upstream <laughs> or something, and now none of them can stay healthy. But they always get 20 carries a game, guarantee you. Whoever starts the game and stays healthy, they're gonna have 20 carries a game. And so it feels like that's going to be Mitchell. I don't care that they got this other guy with good draft capital because they did the same thing with Sermon, and he was inactive half of the season. So There's still a weird section of people on Twitter that think it's Trey Sermon season, and I love it. Oh, don't. It can't I, be. I don't, movie. but I have so much. I have to. You know what I mean? That's absolutely none, and I'm thrilled. Yeah, it's it's That's a tough L for me to swallow. Tough L. Yeah, I, was, I loved Elijah Mitchell coming out. And I have I have one Elijah Mitchell tweet post draft in 2021 where all I tweeted was, "Is it bad that I still like Elijah Mitchell more than Trey Sermon?" And that was the last time I tweeted about him. I have him on every team, basically. Love that. I love him so much. He he fits that system so well. Yeah, that, he's that not outside sexy, speed is just is is perfect. How it changes with Lance is going to be interesting. I think that's the big question mark of if he doesn't get the red zone work and Lance scoops it up. You could see, you know, a guy was, you know, flirting with top fifteen numbers fall outside the top twenty, and that's that's my hesitation with with Mitchell right now. That's the one player position I'm not worried about on the 49ers with Lance. You know, that's fair. I'm because worried about everybody to be honest. <laughs> I am. I mean, I am down on Debo more than anybody that I've seen. I'm down on the obvious of the passing game in general. I, I've I've been the the people label me as the Lance hater. Um, I would just say I see a floor while other people see it only the ceiling it's felt like but i think i'm the only position i'm not worried about is running back because sure he'll take a couple goal lines but what did they do to that that efficiency which is already pretty good i mean the efficiency can go higher can it go higher <laughs> it's, it's up there the, man doesn't the limit exist Dangerous, <laughs> the, lim the limit does not exist so yeah I, I i think that sure he'll he'll take away some of the red zone work 
but it's not like the Buffalo Bills situation where we don't have a goal line back and now they're only getting three touchdowns in a season. He'll still have that seven or eight, but now he's at 5.2 yards per carry or what, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. that bump up could be. So didn't mean to backtrack us back into that uh, other tier, but we didn't, we didn't touch on him. And I think he's kind of interesting because you can view him multiple ways. Let's round this out. The round seven, I, I named the last round. I can't catch, but just kidding. I can. This one's I can catch, but can I run? So we got CEH, James Connor, and James Cook, right? Uh, they're all going 74 overall, 75 overall, and then James Cook down there, 81st overall. CEH, man, what what a fall from grace that he's all the way down here. Is he now a value where you guys are like, man, I wouldn't hate putting a little bit of CEH on my team? Or are you guys just, hey, I'm done with that? Like, meh. Meh. I've been put in several situations where – because. Normally, when you see CAH popped, you've gotten to that, I don't know, like the the Chase Claypool range and stuff like that with the wide receivers. And I was just in a situation yesterday where the wide receivers in that tier, I felt like, had just gotten sniped before me. And then I'm looking there and I'm saying, well, at this point, and the guy I love in this, in this round that we'll mention in a second, but... At this point, CH was the only guy on the board that had the potential to be the RB one for his team, and so I'm—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm smashing him then. But it's all about James Conner in this in this tier for me. Yes. Yeah. Like I—I don't—I don't know why people hate on James Conner, man. You know, hey, I understand he's old, and you know, people are like, oh, he wasn't good with the Steelers and stuff. I'm just like, what? Like, yeah, he got hurt, but. And I know I expect the TDs to drop and stuff, but the thing is, is, you know, they brought in what Daryl Williams. And so I don't expect that to be any type of like Pollard or Dylan type of situation. I expect that when Connor's healthy, he's getting tons of red zone carries. He's getting tons of looks out of the backfield. So he is a supreme value at this point in the draft, I think, because he's a guy that, I honestly think it finished top 10 this year. And I don't, I don't think that's crazy at all. Maybe it is to some people, but I no. think even higher. So No, I mean, if he, if he finished running back six last year, five, yeah. that I, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think we all are going to expect a little bit of, of regression from the touchdowns. He had 15 yeah, rushing sure. last year, maybe three catching. I think he had like 18 overall or whatever yeah. it was. I think it was now, 18. Now, if he backs that off to – I think I projected him for nine or ten still, like maybe ten. I'm above that. <laughs> you got him. You got him above that. What do you I got him? At? I got him at twelve. Twelve uh, rushing. Yeah. Twelve rushing. Yeah. I think I maybe gave him one receiving. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. That's that's still going to be top twelve for sure. You're probably looking <laughs> sure. at top ten. Um, it, it's that again the efficiency. I think he was who's kind of right there at three point nine, um, right there at the sub four. So just making sure those touchdowns don't fall off, I guess would be the only concern, mm-hmm. especially if we're not looking at injury, which I like how you guys have gone into this. Hey, we're, we're injury agnostic. We're not looking at injury, whether you've been injured three seasons, four seasons, whatever it is, everybody's going to, it's going to happen to everybody. So let's view them all uh, similarly in that category. So if you're not worried about that, it's really just how much does that, does that regression hit for touchdowns? And can he maybe fix that on the flip side by getting even more catches because he's not splitting that passing work with, Edmonds yeah. for half the season, right? And that that's one of the things that I've constantly told people too, is that what they have done in Arizona is completely <laughs> flipped from what you see in uh, Las Vegas and, and Washington, you know? 
they haven't continued to bring people in. It, they seem very happy to have James Conner as the guy in that backfield. And so efficiency was low. Touchdowns were high. I expect them to skew towards the middle, honestly. I expect to see a little bit more efficiency, but I, I don't think those goal line carries or anything like that's going going yeah. away. But yeah. I, I also don't expect him to have games like he had last year with five carries, 10 yards, and two touchdowns and still sc- score oh. almost 20 points for you in fantasy. I mean, so. he's, that offense is just built to – it's built for running backs to score a bunch of touchdowns, right? James yeah. Conner was top – he was number two in, in carries inside the five. Was it Kenyon Drake scored 10 touchdowns the year before? Yeah. Eight in eight games the season before that. They just funnel running backs or funnel touchdowns to the running backs. And even if he gets three, three targets a game, which I think is more than feasible. Again, you're looking at a guy that's top 10 for sure. He's the ultimate, he's the ultimate, you know, win now running back target. Cause you don't have to pay the price of Zeke or Kamara or cook. And he carries, you know, I'm not going to say the exact same ceiling as, as Kamara and cook, but it's up there. Yeah. I traded, Car or I traded away Tannehill, James Connor, and a late second from this year, and I got back Carr and Brandon Cooks. Had excess of uh, running backs. Uh, love Cooks, right? Top twenty every single year on the worst passing offense last year. Still managed top twenty. So that was one where I knew I was taking that hit, but just because I had Cooks, um, Cooks, and and two other, you know, Monty and. Camara were, were the three running backs. I knew I could move off of Connor and not take the hit at running back and, and get Brandon Cooks who was needed. So, and then obviously upgrade Tannehill to Carr. I think was was exciting. That's, that's so, a big. That's the upgrade. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. There's there's crying face, crying Jordan face up there with those oh, Titans. Oh man, that's hey, terrible. You, you, you gotta you gotta weather it because you guys had a crazily successful season somehow last year. I, I don't know how it happened when you lost Derrick Henry, but it still happened. So. Well, I'll tell you how it happened. We've got a sneaky good defense. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. But the, right, the last name sitting in this tier, like. Yeah. I feel like we should have ended on James Conner because you guys would we love should him. Have. Do, do, do we need to talk about James Cook? I'm not a James Cook guy. No. I'll just, I'll just leave it like that. I'm not a Devin Singletary guy, so by default I'm – subsequently a James Cook guy, but you know, here's the thing. At RB28, I don't hate it. You're not, you know, you're drafting as an RB3. That's not the end of the world. I think with the pass catching work, that's within his range of outcomes, right? I, I would expect him to be an RB3 there. They're clearly looking to fill that role. They tried to get McKissick. They land on James Cook. They pay up to, you know, spend up to get him. Yes. So they have the the investment in him. We can say that much. <laughs> Yeah, kind of leave it at that. Yeah, I'm just not confident in the player, you know. That's fair. I I think it's a little bit more name clout, you know, than anything. That's very fair. And so to me, I'm I'm definitely out on him, especially if I could take Connor six picks earlier. Oh yeah. Connor's the Connor's the guy there. Like if (laughs) you know, I'm not looking at those two going, Oh, these are equal. No, they're not. Yeah. Boom. Well, well, let's let's wrap it back into Connor. Takeaway, best value in this entire area, maybe all this entire um, draft so far is James Cook. Would we say or not James Cook? James Connor. James Cook. Yep. James Cook. <laughs> it's it's to me it's Travis Etienne because you get the age. Fair. You get the age with it. You get several several guaranteed. You know, I'll call it guaranteed years. We don't know, but yeah. In round four, I'll I'll take him there, and then I think Connor is the easy second value. 
Well, cool. Yeah. Guys, any any last thoughts there, Cal? No, I don't think so. I think I was just about to agree, which is pretty lame on, on one of these shows. So <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree. And like <laughs> show. Roll the roll the tape. <laughs> Well, guys, that was good. Sorry, we went a little bit over an hour, but I think it was a really good discussion. We got into a little bit of startup strategy, I think, which is really helpful and and kind of, hey, make sure you're, you're looking at the age a little bit because while we don't think all these guys are going to drop off and some of them have two or three years left, we don't want to load up on all 26-year-old running backs. Yeah. Not the game we're trying to play. So I think that's uh, <laughs> some good information. Uh, Justin, you guys got a lot of stuff going on out there. Anything that you want to plug, anything you want to promote, What's going on over at 14P? Uh, check out the uh, 14 Personnel YouTube channel. You got myself, Marco, the other half of 14P over there. It's Dynasty. We're getting into redraft season now. So there's a whole mess of stuff going on. Subscribe over there. Hang out. I think we may, it's up in the air, may be doing a mock draft, live mock draft, you know, Monday during, or Friday during lunch. So check that out over there. That's that's up in the air. <laughs> yeah, so there's some stuff going on. Check it out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cal, any any parting words before we get out of here? Yeah, man. If you guys want to uh, know what a live Scott Fishbowl draft will be about, stick stay tuned because I found out this morning that I'm I'm gonna make the four hour drive down to Atlanta. I was grinding to get into this, so uh, I'm excited, man. Because first year in, uh, first year of them doing the live draft, so it'll be it'll be interesting to especially see going forward. Uh, how it's going to change and stuff. And just being able to say I was at one of the first live drafts, that's going to be pretty cool. So Dude, I'll be uh, posting some updates on that. That's this Saturday. That's awesome. I don't know if you're going to have time to post updates because <laughs> when, I, when I'm uh, doing Scott Fishbowl, I sit there, I look at yeah. everybody's ADP. I hope my draft's going a little bit slower so other people have drafted. How long I can I wait on this yeah. guy? Can I <laughs> yeah. Do I need to take him now? You are doing it live, so you just got to yeah. go. You don't have any ADP. Good luck, yeah. Harry. No, it's going to be weird because there's no clock, you know, as long as they basically what they're saying, as long as nobody, the natives aren't getting restless, you, uh, you have, you have your clock off essentially. So it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'll let you guys know what's up. That that sounds super exciting. Yeah, guys. uh, I think there's still some spots being thrown out there. So keep, keep your eye out. Make sure you guys have um, registered to be in or else you're not going to get picked. Uh, scottfishbowl.com <laughs> yeah. you, you got you got to you got to enter to win right you got to have your hand out to get a handout that's what my boss always says so uh love that <laughs> keep it locked here not only does 14 personnel have a ton of great content coming out tfa as well we're gonna have a ton of great stuff redraft uh dynasty they're gonna throw in some best ball stuff i know kevin the guys are working on some best ball content as well so keep it locked right here. We're going to have live videos. We're going to have shorter videos. I love one thing going back to 14 personnel. I love plugging you guys as much as us. I love your guys' short videos. You have the quick uh, one hitter, you know, five minutes or less. Yeah. And then you're, what do you call them? The five minute debates really quick. Five minute debates. We, so yeah, we throw those out. We had Andy Holloway on uh, earlier in the year. We've had JJ Zacharyson, Matt Harmon, some, some big names over there. So that that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. All of our content is five to 15 minutes everything lives in that and then we'll do you know some live streams here and there so if you're looking for quick hitters especially in season stuff we do we go hard on that you know 12 to 15 videos depending on the week so we, we cover pretty much everything on uh when it comes to redraft season yeah we do a similar version called the tfa throwdowns we get two people yep. in there love it going 360 on the player only problem is we, we couldn't do five minutes because half the time Kev steals on one side and he takes <laughs> up five minutes all on his it's own. Hard. So, it's hard. Yeah. We, we've never 
We've never been under five minutes. It's never happened. Me and Andy went for almost 15. It was a long one. <laughs> five minutes plus some. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's five and change. Love it. Well, check uh, them out. Uh, can you read me? I, I don't have it in front of me. What's your guys' uh, handle for 14 personnel? Oh, yeah. Uh, at 14P underscore fantasy. Right. It was different from your guys. You guys <laughs> yeah. are, are one way where the 14's over here. And the other. <laughs> we yeah, have I want to make sure. People on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, then you guys can find us at FF underscore authority. And you can find me at NFL Robbie on Twitter. Until the next time, see ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.